Back it up. I guess we're recording. Yay. Oh, that was a little disjointed. But we're back. With the Writing Gravel. Formerly the Writing Gravel Radio Ranch. Now it's Guitar Ted Podcast. Almost call us by our old name, Dave. <laughs> With me, as always, is New York Roll. Yes. Welcome. How is everyone? I hope better. Hope you're breathing free and clear air. If not, yeah, this well, wildfire smoke thing is about the end of me. It did impact the ride last night on me. So yeah, yeah. you probably shouldn't have been out riding. Nah, we're in the danger zone. I survived smoking. I can survive this. <laughs> For those of you old enough, you might remember the Kenny Loggins tune. Oh, from that, Top Gun. Yeah, but uh, it's also been coined by. Uh, uh, Archer, the cartoon Archer, because he references Kenny Loggins all the time in the Danger oh, really? Zone. Yeah, he goes, Danger Zone! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's pretty cool. So I'm torn today. I don't know what to do here. Well, we have a lot to talk about. Well, we have different drinks. I don't oh. know which one to open first. Oh, that. Decisions. Yeah. I I, I went with my Aldi Bella Vi, uh lime first. Yeah. yeah. I suppose I could do that. Because we have but. Tobo Chico in a can. Whoa. Wow, that was not what we needed, <laughs> but possibly what we needed. Possibly exactly what we needed. Uh, yes, yeah, so we are we are sponsored by Core 4, and uh, that's a an event here that uh, is multi-surface that's going to be held in um, the Iowa City area. So if you're looking for your next epic adventure, they've got one for you. Challenges is on all surface types. So when the four folks at Core 4 say no surface untouched, they mean it. They have champagne, gravel, pavement, speedy single track, and all the best B roads. Core 4 doesn't stop at four surface types. They have an ethos to get all bodies on bikes comes through, and um, the initiatives which support socioeconomic justice, gender equality, and bike advocacy are there. It's all about community opportunity and recreation and engagement at Core 4. Go early, bring the family. They've got everything, bikes, beverages, packet pickup, party at Big Grove, live music, free camping, and finish line fun for all. Do not miss the No Surface Untouched action in Iowa City on Saturday, August 19th. They have 150 and 25-mile options. Follow along on Instagram at core4.bike and get in the lineup. We'll yeah. have the link in the show notes there. And their uh, race events held out of a, I don't know how to phrase it, a cidery. Yeah, it's a, like an apple cider thing? Yeah, 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 yeah. Gotcha. But, they, but they have the fun cider. Right, not a spidery. No, it's that a would be cidery. Bad. I don't know what you want to call it. It's, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, they, they make some good stuff there. And it's a cider web. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Fake news. <laughs> um, so you were at an event recently, speaking of events. Yep. 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 You want to tell everybody what you're up to? I went up and did a lifetime event, the Lutzen 99er. Uh, and it was like, overall, it was a good event. Um, the one thing, well, we did talk about it was it's in a ski resort town on the North shore of Lake Superior, North of Duluth by like an hour and a half. Mm -hmm. And 
they had a restaurant burned down at 6.30 a.m. So that created, really? yeah, that created a kerfuffle. Um, and huh. we went back up at 7 o'clock at night to go to the award ceremony, and they moved it. But I can grouse about that later. But they were still taking uh, water tanker trucks up to keep the, put the son of a gun out to keep it from smoking. Was that like a mostly wood structure? Or? I, evidently so. It was... So I think it was a total loss. I don't know. I didn't get oh, to see sad. it. But was I that mean, where you were supposed <clears throat> to have the anything going on there that for, that was connected to the event or up in that area? Yeah, I don't know if that was the exact same location. But the joke was made. I was so upset about not getting to Leadville. I intentionally did this. This was the joke that was told to me by a couple of people. <laughs> so, um, anyways, uh, overall, our our podcast is fairly well known um i had a couple of people roll up next to me and they saw the lavender santa cruz blur yeah like hey new york roll <laughs> <laughs> well that's good so yeah i mean we're catching traction i guess that's a good thing um but overall it was a good event um you know it's monster cross for the lack of a better phrase on some atv trails that have some gigantic mud holes i'm sure people saw the instagram videos yeah, uh, the I saw mud one. holes, and I'm here to tell you, I rode them all but one. Yeah, which one didn't you ride? You uh, said you rode the Beaver Dam one. You told yeah, me the Beaver Dam. I I came up on that, and there was a gal in there. I'm like, is it really that bad? She goes, no, I just don't want to ride. And I saw like 30 people walking their bikes through. Yeah. And I saw a line, so I was like, there was a conga line of people going through. The yeah, video I was I like, I've done this before. <laughs> I know if I stay in the center, I'm fine. I know there's a sharp drop off to the left. Right. So I could see the ground underneath and it was above the bottom bracket. So that it was rideable. The only one that ride, it was kind of like a 90 degree left. Mm. And there were so many bodies in it that you just were forced into a dismount. Right. But the rest of them I rode. Um, I have a stupid tactic. I do a manual into them. I keep the front wheel light. So in case there is a hole that yeah. I don't see. Yeah. At least I go over backwards and not on my face. Yeah. That's kind of my strategy on those. And I bomb them straight down the center. Yeah. 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 Just go right, right down the center and zero cares about who's to my right or left. Cause if you're at that point with me, we're going to get wet and muddy. Yeah. yeah. You know? We're just going to turn it up. But uh, anyways, um, missed my goal. I wanted six and a half hours. I got done in seven forty-eight and some change. So I missed my goal. Um, people are telling me, don't worry about it. Never raced that event before, blah, 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 blah. That's not the point. The point is I missed it. Yeah. You know, right. I failed. I failed, but I completed and that's okay. Yeah. Now I know what I got to get into. Right. Yeah. It serves you right for doing a triathlon. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's, 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 yeah. I, I, I take solace in the fact that people care enough to be like, Hey, you know, uh, got it. But you, yeah. you, you, you completed. That's the important yeah. part. And I'm kind of like, yeah, no, not good enough. <laughs> but I think we all need to have that little bit of hunger in you to keep you coming back. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's good. It's good to, I, what tells me is I did not set an easy goal. I set an ambitious right. goal and, it didn't happen. Right. So I got to go back and sharpen the saw. Yeah. Right. And you know, that's so see, see what you did, could do different and yeah. Apply different things. Yeah. And then this year they moved the venue from the ski lodge down, well, the ski resort down the hill to the superior golf course. Oh yeah. And that goes into a lot of my grousing. Um, 
morning parking was awful. Yeah. Uh, Mike Maney and I got out of my camper van. We fire drilled in middle of highway 61. Like I looked at him, I go, you got your helmet, you got your kit, you got everything. Mm-hmm. He goes, yeah. I go, I go, I want to have bikes off rack in 30 seconds. <laughs> so we dodged out of the van and, um, threw Morgan in the driver's seat. We unloaded the bikes, smacked the van on the muffler. Right. Yeah. And Morgan goes 10 feet. <laughs> Man, he goes, Oh shit. Needing my bike pump. My pressure's way low. <laughs> uh, so we're out there in the middle of the road. It's not moving, yeah. but it was bumper to bumper, not moving. And we're like, it's seven o'clock, start lines at, you know, starts at 730. Yeah. We got to go. If we want a good start position, we got to go now, right. now, now. Right. So, and as we were starting, they started fairly on time for that kerfuffle. I think seven, they started at 730. Mm-hmm. And not all hopes lost in this country, believe it or not. Don't care about your politics, but not all hopes lost. Uh, when the national anthem was played, I didn't see one person not taking off their helmet, not taking off their hat, not mm-hmm. facing the music, not facing the flag. Yeah. Yeah. So for as much as we crap on each other, we still got that. You know? Yeah. No one was chastising each other. Um, a couple of people were doing the whole video thing, which I roll my eyes at, but... Um, I guess what I'm saying is there's still hope, you know, so don't turn off the news. <laughs> yeah. That's not a bad plan. We, 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 we are still in this together, whether they yep. want us to be or not. There's, I'm just saying there's a positive moment. Take it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So my grousing on the parking, going back to that is they probably need to have two entry points. Yeah. Um, two entry points and two exits mm-hmm. because, Leaving at one point, we waited 30 minutes because someone was doing a Chinese fire drill next to the clubhouse. <laughs> they were unloading vehicles. Oh, and man. so it just jammed everything up. Right. Um, I ran the brand new Maxis Aspen 2.4s that have the special compound. And special. they sheared mud like a champ. That's that new stuff that Maxis came out with? Yep. I only select. Side, you never might like they got a point. mud mud tire that came out with it, it has that right yeah it's sure it wasn't adhering and the yeah. end of the race i did seven miles a single track roughly off the top of my head that was more of a log flume because that's how much it was downpouring on me yeah it does that at lutes and i've seen that yeah, yeah it was a log flume effect and i was riding high in the corner sticking it had a little bit of slippage on some rocks, but I think any tire would have slipped on those rocks. Yeah, because they're pretty smooth. Yep. And like granite kind of thing. My biggest grouse is if you think there's going to be rain on that race day, you put chicken wire over the bridges, over the wooden bridges. Yeah. Because I watched a couple people afterwards. Not, I didn't see them per se, but I saw them laying on their side. They packed it in off the bridges. I've done that before. Yeah. So on wet wood. Just, just tack down some single, just tack down some chicken wire and pull it up layer. I mean, I get it, you know, but if you're dropping 200 bones, I think you're, no, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. It was safer, you know? Yeah. And people were like, well, you're going to puncture my tire. I'm like, well, I'd rather you lose 90 bucks and someone pay 3,500 for mm-hmm. a broken collarbone. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, I don't know how to politely phrase this, so I'm going to use my army terminology. <laughs> All right. For those with sensitive ears, cover your ears right now. Okay, uh, go, go. <laughs> 0.0 dick rider encounters. <laughs> I think that's a, I think yeah. that's a big stat. No one, yeah. no one was being a douche. Yeah. Everyone was being cool. 
Um, one, nice. one highlight moment was before the second aid station, I was descending this sharp left corner and yeah. I opened it up. I was just full bore going into it. And I heard this gal behind me. I love following you. <laughs> <laughs> and we get out of it. She's like, dude, thanks for not breaking, man. That was awesome. I've never yeah. stuck a corner like that. Yeah. She goes, I just saw you just lean your bike into it and you were on your outside pedal and I followed. Yeah. I was like, cool. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> well, sometimes people go to school on other riders, so that's good. Yeah. So uh, that was cool. Um, what else do we got to talk about? Uh, I already covered the medical. Saw medical. Already covered the wood, uh, wood mud covered bridges because mm-hmm. people were tracking mud onto it. Um, Some about nutrition you were going to talk about. Yeah, I ran. Um, I ran ketone esters and I ran scratch chewies. So what's that stuff you put in your gas to get better gas mileage? What is, what the heck is a ketone ester? <laughs> Sounds like something you put in your V8 for better yeah, performance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's some pricey stuff. Um, <laughs> uh, ketone esters, they throw your body in ketosis so you can burn fat. It's better for endurance riding. Probably okay. not so good for mountain biking because, yeah. you know, you got to do some punchy surges. Right. Um, I know the Pro Peloton does it, does a couple of things. It helps you recover faster. Yeah. Um, if you take it for that. It does help you burn fat. So someone like me who's got a good chunk of it around the tire section, um, I I would prefer to run that on race day, but I still am taking in probably about 75 grams of carbs an hour. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was chewing down uh, about a packet and a half of those scratch chewies about every hour that I could remember myself doing. I think I went through like 12 packs. Mm Mm-hmm. And then I was running Element, uh, LMNT. Yeah, that uh, stuff is not good for me. Yeah, I was running that in my water <laughs> bottles. And um, I was popping those ketone esters about once every three and a half yeah. hours. Mm. And that's I only did two bottles. And yeah. I didn't run out of energy, um, which over that 85.8 miles, you, you should have bonked. But I, I, I think I ran a mix, and it was an experiment. And... Um, I just read some things online, tried it, and it worked. It wasn't perfect. Um, I can refine this. I think I'm not going to stay with this ketone company. I'm going to go back to the first one I had. Yeah. Um, if you're interested in any of that stuff, let me know. But uh, I can talk to you on the side about it. And, um, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I was doing it, and uh, I saw it. And then uh, I had a Coke about a mile out. Or not mile out, last aid station. So it was like eight miles out. Sorry. Yeah. Had a Coke. Love me some Coca Cola. Was it the mini cans? No, it's twelve ounce. Oh. But the God love a duck. The mini cans are the bomb. Yeah, because that's just the right amount. Yeah. Because you'll have. I two. don't know why. If you have is. the twelve ounce can, you're like that's too much. Yeah. You have the eight ounce cans. You'll pound two and you'll drink yeah. sixteen ounces. And not think if that's about it. Psychological or I think what? It is. But yeah. It's Something like, about those little like, cans. Take five. They're small. They're so cute. They fit just right in your belly. Yeah, I had um. Yeah, yeah. So uh, evidently, my coke cans got raided after the race. <laughs> well, so I that know. that covers up Lutza. I mean, it's a, overall, it's a good event. Um, yes, we can talk about off-road mountain bike stuff here on this on well, this channel because it's okay. 
Well, it's all bikes. Yeah, it is. And there was a lot of gravel into it. And the yeah. ATV trails really are, would really fall into the MMR category. Well, a lot, a lot of Western gravel events are what you just did in Minnesota. Yeah. They don't really have gravel. They have, you know, forest service land trails yep. and, and, you know, BLM roads and, yep. yeah. And if you care about my tire pressure, I weighed about 202 on race day and I ran 19 PSI front and 18 PSI rear. Speaking of those tires that you mentioned, the special compound and the Maxxis tires, yeah. I wonder if they're going to do a gravel tire with that stuff in it. They already do. Um, someone told me about it. I want to say it's their less aggressive tire, the Tracer. I can't remember it exactly. I should find out because it's in the 40. 40 mil range. Yeah. Well, that's perfect for a lot of people who race, you know, and they're yeah. worried about mud sticking to their I, everything. I had some conversations and we could not tell which was the better tire. Was the Mezcal a better tire or was yeah. the Aspen? And we're kind of like, it's a draw. Yeah. Um, the Mezcal clearly outshined on the single track, according mm -hmm. to a couple of people. For me, it was like, eh, it's a tire. It's gripping. Let's go. Yeah. You know? But I think definitely on a drier day, the Aspen would have won, would have, would have been, yeah. would have been down. It just would have been mm. no contest in my brain. Um, well, that was a very unusual situation up there with all that wetness that I saw on the videos. Yeah, it so. started out wet, but it was kind of crumbly dry, if that makes any sense. Yeah. And then once the rain started six hours into the race, it, it just was not good. <laughs> You know, and the mosquito, the skeeters didn't bother me as much as any, as other people. I guess well, I'm just not as sweet. You don't have that right kind of blood, man. <laughs> Must be in those ketone esters. It could be. I'm just that much of a cold hearted yeah. person. You know, my blood's too chilled. <laughs> You're trying to warm up and I'm chilly. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, I stopped in, I saw Duluth Dave and his family yeah. on the way in and on the way out. And that was good. I got to watch a thousand footer leave the port of Duluth. Oh, right. Evidently, yeah. you're supposed to say, I saw a thousand footer. Yeah. It's kind of some badge of honor. Oh, really? Yeah. It, you'd be shocked at how those things uh, push, how much water they're pushing in front. Yeah, they're, they sit in the water pretty deep when they're full. Yeah. 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 And you just see like probably about a five foot current yeah. or just roll of water is just yeah. pushing, just shearing. Yeah. So it's, it's impressive. Yeah. And it's actually kind of interesting to watch them turn. Um, but yeah, so we ate at Northern Smokehouse, I think is where it is. It's down yeah. by grandma's pretty good sandwiches. They're good. And we ate someplace called the silos, I think on Thursday night. And the cool thing about that is for the kitties, they have, free s'mores packages in there nice. with little fire rings outside. Oh, yeah. So go have your dinner and then have the kitties grab some s'more packets with their little telescopic pronger dongers <laughs> and, you know, get the kids hopped up on Hershey before yeah. they go home. Yeah, that's always a good thing. And oh, yeah. sticky and gooey clothes. Yeah, and they got pedal carts and that's a good, sure. it's a nice, it's on the water. It's pretty yeah. nice. So look that up next time you're in Duluth yeah. and Duluth yeah. Dave took me out for that. So that was cool. Oh, no, that's cool. I got a technical question. How come we're looking at this screen? Because uh, I push the Bluetooth button. Sorry. There we go. We're back. All right. Anyways. That's the screen I'm used to looking at. All right. Sorry. <laughs> um, other than Throwing that, me off here. that covers it up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll move on to uh, some review stuff in our, our segment that we call the review roundup. And we talk about things that I'm reviewing or looking at for either guitar ted productions or writing gravel and i 
recently got a pair of, I don't know, why, why do we call glasses a pair of glasses? It's not two glasses, it's one. No, it's a pair. You got two optics. You got two lenses. That's weird. It's just one thing. <laughs> this is one great, great big lens. It's not like two different lenses. It didn't give you a monocle, Mr. Monopoly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I got a I'm pair, gonna have my got a pair of sunglasses from Tifosi called the rail it's a rail model they're gonna make the gravel monocle now the gravel monocle the cyclops (laughs) (laughs) got dust in your eye well that's too bad you only got one um so yeah the rail uh, anyway tofosi is a as if you're not familiar with it i think we've talked about them before here that um they're a value-oriented uh eyewear company so they're their um, selling point is you get a lot more for your dollar than you would if you bought some of the bigger name brand eyewear products from, you know, the big O or whatever. <laughs> Whatever's popular in the Peloton now. And um, so for up well under $100, you get a nice pair of sunglasses with interchangeable lenses. You get uh, medium um light blocking lens and then a clear lens for nighttime writing or when it's super yeah. cloudy. And, uh, I ended up switching to the medium, uh, light blocking lens, which they call their red AC all conditions. And what I found is for my, for my eyes, of course, everybody's eyes are different, but for my eyes, I've been able to discern the better lines in the gravel. And, you know, it's important to find the line of least resistance. especially around here. Uh, And it's been helping me out that way. So, yeah, I I really have been enjoying them. Um, They are one of the things that a lot of people have asked me about uh, sunglasses is, well, what's it feel like on your face after a few hours? Because there's what they call, you know, eyewear fatigue. They may, your ears might start getting sore and squeezing your head funny or whatever. And you don't notice it at first. You have to have them on for a while. These don't seem to bother me. So I think for my head, uh, they've been great. And um, they have, you know, that that certain kind of rubbery mix that's not supposed to slip when you get sweaty. And that seems to be there and working. And so everything about them is pretty high end, but you're not paying the high end price for it. When you buy them, $79, I think is what the rail that I got, it goes for retail. And, uh, yeah, so if you're the kind of person who can't keep track of sunglasses or destroy sunglasses or, you know, you can't see yourself ever buying a $300 pair of sunglasses, then take a look at Tifosi because they really do make a good yeah. sunglass for not a lot of money. I've been yeah. pretty impressed with them. So that's that's one. Um, I finished up a review on the RX-6 gravel shoes from Shimano. Okay. And uh, compared them to the RX-8 which is their upper end one. And I would say, unless you're really hardcore racing, the RX-6 is a better shoe from the standpoint of you're able to walk in it better for one thing. So like if you're going on a ride and you're going to go into a convenience store, or you're going to go and have some breakfast or, you know, it's not a, you know, it's an adventure or if you're going on a tour, you know, you're going to get on and off your bike. The RX-6 is a lot less fatiguing to your foot to walk in. Uh, the RX-8 doesn't take very long before you feel like you got two two by fours tied to your feet when you're trying to walk in them, you know, clomp, yeah. clomp. And <laughs> not that the RX-6 is super easy to walk in, but it's a lot better. 
And otherwise, the features of it are real similar to the RX-8. So I don't think you're, you know, you're you're taking a hit too much on performance. It's definitely not as stiff as sole, but it's pretty good. So I like those. And then did you see, did we talk about that American Classic tire that just came out? Uh, not on the podcast. You covered it on the blog. <laughs> yeah. So American Classic just came out with a new tire. And if you're not familiar American Classic kind of went away. They used to do wheels and components. And then they came back. And when they came back, they came back as a tire company. Yeah. And they make a value-oriented tire. They're kind of like the Defosi of tires, yep. if you want to put it that way. And we've sung their praises on yeah. here. Yeah. So the Groose is a tire that's got really super low, uh, tiny pebble-looking tread in the middle. And then it kind of gets taller on the edges for cornering, which I think is ideal for gravel. Yep. You know. It's just a matter of does that really low tread grab the finer gravel and throw it up in the air, and that's what you don't want. So I don't know if this tire will do that or not. It doesn't look like it will, but, you know, it's and it only comes in a 40-millimeter size. If you're looking for something big right now, they don't have that. They may in the future because I know they make 50s in a lot of their uh, gravel line, so we'll have to wait and see if they come out with it. But it's got a puncture protection belt, and yep. you only spend $45 a tire. So, and, and there's, I think they're sold exclusively on Amazon. Yes. They have an Amazon store. So, yep. Yep. So we'll put a link in the show notes for these reviews and for the uh, American classic tire. I think that Groose tire looks pretty interesting. Yeah. I, I know they're making mountain bike tires, but I kind of like for any company to go after a mountain bike tire that's aimed at gravel at a 2.35. Yeah. That's or a 2.4. Yeah. Something in that niche. Um, yeah. If I go smaller, I just might as well ride a 50 millimeter, gra- right. you know, 50 millimeter tire on a bike, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. it's, well, you know, it's kind of like that. What is it? That Torino dry that you can get <sighs> in a 2.25. Yeah. And I love that tire, but I have some concerns about racing it because it's a tan gum wall and it's very thin. Yeah. It's very, tr- you can see through it. You know the sealant inside seals it up, mm-hmm. so that doesn't give me a warm and fuzzy on it. Um, granted, I did put two K on one set, um, but um, I really would like for that to go to a two point three five, if yeah. not a two four. Yeah, that'd I mean, be a great tire. If I were to do B, uh, BC Epic ever again, that would be the tire I'd rock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would just go yeah. heavy on the sealant. Yep. Go. Yeah. Yeah, so that's a review roundup for now. Um, next thing we want to move to is uh, recently, uh, actually, we interviewed the race director for this series, Chris McQueen. Oh, yeah. One of our earlier podcasts. And uh, he runs a series of events in Iowa called the Iowa Gravel Series. Okay. And uh, recently, he ran an event, and in his events, he marks the course. Yeah. With signage, so you know where to go. He also provides uh, GPS links and all that good stuff. But um, his signs are basically, they're basically like a real estate sign you'd see in front of a house. If a house is for sale, they're, they're like that. Okay. Only they have his race logo on it, and they have directional arrows left or right. And uh, after the event, he goes and picks those up, which makes sense because they're fairly valuable, I'm sure. He can reuse them. Uh, As he's going through picking up these signs after his latest event, he found that one had been exchanged for a handmade one, 
and it had the directional arrows on it. They were correct, but it had uh, the visage of a penis on a bicycle, riding a bicycle, drawn on it. Not, and I'll link it in the show notes. You can go look at his post. He has a picture of it. It's not too bad of a job. <laughs> art, speaking from an art perspective. Um, it's, anyway. the, it's the David of the bicycles. Right. It's a great sculpting. <laughs> On the back side of the sign, it said uh, um, something to the effect of if, if, you, if your uh, riders are dickheads, please find a different route. You know, apparently there was an inter- interaction between a local and a, one of the riders that wasn't pr- appreciated. And thus the sign. So uh, Chris McQueen is trying to get to the bottom of things, you know, as a concerned RD should. But this prompted me to start thinking about some things that we as gravel riders should be considering, right? One of them is our interactions with locals. And I think that, you know, you were New York rural here, was raised in a rural area in, oh, yeah. in uh, New York, upstate New York. And I've been all over the place in rural Iowa, but I think we can speak to what you will find in rural areas and how to interact with people correctly because they, rural people have a different attitude about, you know, what's theirs and, and, uh, you know, different people coming in. So like for instance, and this goes way back, this has nothing to do with current political issues because I can remember when I was a kid. So this would have been the 1960s my uncle would see a car go by and he goes, I don't know who that is. Yeah. You know, so the rural residents have been very aware of who belongs and who doesn't belong forever, yeah. you know, for as long as I can remember, this has been, they, they understand who, who is a local to them and who isn't. And when something unusual happens, it raises their concerns and their concern is that they want to protect their land, their property, and nature around there like i don't know i know at one point in time uh, doing uh, recon for trans iowa we were looked at as being possible poachers i i've had that several times out in the gravel yeah it's what are you doing here yeah and the one time i said well you see the for sale sign down there for a house well this is a dead end i go exactly why would i not want to look at a house on a dead end yeah and the light bulb went off yeah and their head like oh shit okay Yeah. yeah Yeah, so I went and looked at about a 16-acre lot with a house. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't go on the property. I was right. like, oh, okay. Yeah, just yeah. wanted to see where, yeah. where it's at, it. right? Yeah, and so I think that the, the main theme of what I was trying to portray in my blog is, and I'll link this in our show notes if you want to go read what I wrote, but is, uh, you know, rural people have an ownership stake, whether they really own the land or not, they have an ownership stake in it. They have a stewardship stake in, in things. And so if you understand that and they come, they approach you with this, what are you doing out here with an air of suspicion in their voice? That's why. Yeah. And if you understand that's why, then you can speak to that like you did. Yeah. Well, I'm interested in this property, buying this property. Oh, well, then, then, then the suspicion level comes down. So for instance, I know one of the trans Iowa's I putting on we had a street sign that was too faded to read so i had a system where i could mark corners with so the riders could navigate properly and as i was finishing up putting my stakes in the ditch a truck rolled up and this is late april you know springtime in iowa 
And springtime in Iowa means morel mushrooms. Oh, yeah. So these people roll up next to me, and they're like, what are you doing out here? And I said, explain to them that we're putting on a race. And, well, how long are you going to be hanging out here? I go, well, actually, we're not hanging out. We're going to be just passing through. I said, there's a bunch of riders coming behind me, and they won't be stopping. They don't have time to stop. You're going to be passing right on through. They don't have time to look around. Well, okay. We were just worried that you were trying to find our morel mushroom patch. You know, here, yeah, here again, yeah. they, they're very protective of their resources and, and things. So. And they're idiots for telling you that. Right. Because you know where to go back to now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They let the cat out of the bag. That's true. Yeah, it's like. Uh, that's true. They do go down well with butter. Yeah. So I guess my, my uh, overall point of this is, you know, if you understand this is how, and I'm not saying they're right or wrong. I'm just saying they are this way generally speaking and they can be super nice people if you just kindly explain to them what you're doing out there yeah don't raise your voice you don't raise your voice don't get all weird on them you don't know? talk with your hands yeah don't have them by your side don't right. look like an android or a robot yeah you know just hey yeah this yeah. is what i'm doing yeah you just act like nothing's wrong right because nothing is wrong right number one yeah but don't and, get snarky with them yeah. don't use I'm not trying to insult anyone's intelligence, but don't, don't use big words. Right. It, Cause I can guarantee you nine times out of 10, that person probably has more education than you. Yeah. And I'm being serious because the people yeah. I grew up around and grew up with farmers aren't dumb. No, they're extremely Especially smart. now with all oh, the technology and stuff they got to know. Shit, they got to be a CPA yeah. in order to keep that business going. Yep. You know, they, yeah, I, I, I think the stereotypes exist and they're, they're horribly wrong. Yeah. Um, on all fronts. Really. Oh yeah. yeah. And hold on just a minute. All right. I want you to listen to this. Topo Chico. Oh, I heard it. <laughs> but, um, I, I kind of like people in the burbs and the, uh, city take it kind of like it's the park down the street where your kids play. Mm -hmm. You have no ownership. Right. But you care about it. Right. You know, it's kind of like that. And that's, yep. that's what it is for them. Yep. I mean, granted, it might be five miles from their house, but their neighborhood is huge. Right. You know? Yeah. It's not just like the, the surrounding 10 houses and that's your neighborhood. It's like the surrounding 10 miles. Yeah. Yeah. So their, their scope of their neighbors are huge Yeah, and they will drop everything for a person they hate to go help them out of a jam. Right. Because that's what you do. Right. And not even ask for payback, nothing. Right. They will they will go over everything to make sure yep. their neighbors are okay. Even if there's a big falling out. Right. Maybe not as bad as the Hatfield McCoys. Maybe that's the <laughs> bar. But um, the point is, is, is neighbors will help neighbors out there. And... They'll help you too if you're... Oh, you exactly. Know. They'll, they'll bend over backwards. But... Their gossip travels faster than the internet. Right. Yeah. Just telling you. Um, so don't have, try not to have a bad encounter. And sometimes you can't, sometimes you can't help it. Right. But if you find yourself in the middle of a bad encounter, just apologize and just stay positive and just try to get out of it. Acknowledge whatever they're telling you, right. however wrong they are. Yeah. 
just acknowledge it and be like, well, I didn't understand that. I'm sorry. It won't happen again. Right. And you'll probably hear something like, oh, you better won't happen again. <laughs> but the point is, is just. It's not worth it. Yeah, just de-escalate yeah. it. I had yeah. a guy shut down a road. It was a level B road. It's on the county map. Told me, no, the county reassessed it. It's a level C. So I let him win the argument, went back, called the county. They're like, no, that guy's doing that shit all the time. He wants to use it for a garbage dump. Right. Next time I rode back through there, signage all over there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's, uh, if you have patience, there's, there's justice, you know, a lot of times that will be served. So that's a great, good point to bring up because I had this all happen on one ride. So I had an encounter. We're going to have to do an episode on dogs at some point. But I had an encounter with a dog that wasn't going to let me go by the property that I was halted at by this dog. And the owner came out and sat in his pickup truck 10 feet behind the dog and didn't do anything about it. And then he leaned out the window and said, you can go ahead. And I like pointed at the dog. I go, no, I can't. And the dog continued to carry on. And the owner didn't do anything. And finally, he called his dog off after about five minutes of me just standing. He realized I wasn't going to do anything. You know, I was going to stand there until he did something. So he finally called his dog off, and I got on my bike and rode off. And that was a real dickish thing to do, you know, to me. And I wasn't very happy about it, but I didn't yell at the guy because that wouldn't have done any good. No. You know, I didn't yell at the dog because that wasn't going to do any good either. Dog was already amped up. So I didn't need to make the situation worse. So I rode down the road about maybe the next three miles and there was a gentleman in his driveway and he sees me coming and he waves at me. He goes, Hey, where are you from? And he was waving and kind of waving me over to him. And I I thought, okay, well, I'll stop and chat with this guy. And he said, well, how's it going? And I told him, well, it was going great until about three miles ago. And I told, he goes, well, what happened? And I told him, and of course, like you said, they all know each other out there. He goes, oh, I know that guy. And he laughed. He goes, what a dick. (laughs) (laughs) He did that to you? And I go, yep. He goes, well, don't you worry. I'll go have a talk with him. And I'm sure that's what exactly what happened. You know, and this big, this big old man went down there and talked to that guy and, and said that you should not do that, you know? And, uh, I haven't seen that dog out there since. So I don't know if that has any correlation, but. Uh, I'm sure it uh, was it was a message that was given by this guy. So, you know, I mean, you, you just have to, under, we have to understand we're guests out there. Oh, yeah. You know, it's not, it's not, our, not where you, they expect to see cyclists. So we need to make a good impression and, and uh, just do the best we can. And that but. goes back to just even attending a race. Mm-hmm. You're a guest. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you're a guest of the RD. You're a guest of that community, right? right? And, you know, kind of where we're going to go into it, leave no trace behind. Right. Try to make all your encounters. How often do you remember a good encounter? Yeah. How often do you remember a bad encounter? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. so it's one of those where I would just say, try, if you find yourself in a predicament, you know, just de-escalate it. Agree with them. Even if they're 100% wrong, just agree with them. Right. But you don't change anything. Well, you're not going to change anything this day either. Right. You're just going to make it worse. Right. Yeah. You know? find there's a different way to get around things a lot yeah. of times. So. Yeah. It, it's very, they're not going to pull out a gun on you. They're not going to do any of this crazy Hollywood stuff. Yeah. Um, 
nine times out of 10, there's just a lot of barking. Yep. Yeah. 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 I'll, I'll tell one more dog story that, that, that re- you just reminded me of a lot of barking. So um, I went by this one house where they had this ginormous, I'm not, I'm like the biggest dog I've ever seen. Yeah. It was like a small deer sized dog. And, <laughs> and it was so, it was super happy to see me and it wasn't aggressive at all, but it didn't want to leave me either. So it's following me down the road and I'm trying to tell it to go back to the farm and I'm yelling at it. And that wasn't doing any good. It just sat there and looked at me with its tongue hanging out. Like, let's go. You know, pretty soon I hear this, this side by side coming down the road and there's a big guy sitting in it. And I'm like, okay, here we go. This is the owner. I'm in trouble. So the guy pulls up and he goes, what are you doing? You know, my dog's following you down the road. And I go, yeah, I realize that. And I've yelled at it like three or four times to go back home and it won't leave me alone. And so when he realized that I had tried to do something that I wasn't just, you know, trying to draw the dog off, he, uh, his whole attitude just changed in an instant, oh, yeah. you know, he's like, yeah, I know this dog's a problem like that. And then the whole story comes out. Well, anyway, I ended up talking to the guy for half an hour, 45 minutes and had this great interaction and learned about this half wolf dog. And, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so it was, you know, it all worked out fine. Cause I had the patience not to not be aggressive and yeah. amped up or whatever you know so i mean i kind of had one of those on a ridge road over there in Trayer. did you yeah it was a sheriff's deputy's dog actually mm. so uh <clears throat> riding up the hill because you're going up a hill it's mm-hmm. a long it's not a it's a long grinder i think that's a fair way to phrase it yeah it's pretty and pretty good climb there was this puppy in the ditch line and he puts his butt up because he's all happy he wants yeah, to play yeah. and he starts running with me and I go about a quarter mile, and I'm telling him to go home. And I'm like, oh, crap, dude. This dog's not even a year yet. So I turn the bike around, and I take him back to the house where a sheriff's car is sitting. And I just knock on the door. I'm like, hey, sorry to bother you. I like your dog. Your dog likes me. Can you keep him in the house for about two minutes so I can get out of here? Because he, he wants to run with me. Yeah. And the guy looks at me and goes, oh, yeah, I can do that. Hey, thanks, thanks for... Not taking my dog, so I have to go find it. Right. You know? End of story. Yeah. You know? Done. Yeah, yeah good interaction. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Weird. Yeah. Being considerate. <laughs> Weird. So the other side of this is uh, something I've seen at events, and it really kind of ticks me off. And it's people who use nutritional products and take the wrappers and just dump them on the road. We're not talking about bush lattes. No. I'm talking about like goo wrappers and hammer gel wrappers and cliff bar wrappers and stuff like that. And for, to my way of thinking is we have the privilege to be able to ride on these really beautiful back roads yeah. in the middle of nowhere, which we normally wouldn't get to do in an organized event uh, to pit ourselves against each other for what? it's fun you know the bottom line is we're having fun and and then you go ahead and just throw your crap on the road and when we leave who's left the people that live there you know yeah and there's all this litter blowing around and they didn't create it it's not their creation you know yeah and we just crapped on their backyard i mean how would you feel if someone came and dumped a garbage bag full of hammer gel wrappers in your yard and that's kind of how they look at it, yeah, it's right? Not, it's not kosher. It's, it's not, not cool. cool. Yeah. 
So I don't understand how it is that we can allow this to happen. I actually had a pretty heart-to-heart conversation with a, with a race director once about this. And he didn't like hearing it, but, you know, he, he, he understood where I was coming from. It's, it's not a good look. I mean, it's, I saw a lot of that at Lutzen. Yeah. Closer and closer you got towards the finish, the more SIS packets I saw, the more I did see a couple of scratch, but I saw a lot of SIS tubes and, um, <clears throat> and it just wasn't ones or twos. I not even trying to exaggerate. I could probably fill up two garbage bags, just yeah. regular yeah. garbage, regular kitchen right. garbage bags. You know, I could have filled up two of them just with those SIS packets. All right. And, um, I did go to an aid station and I watched a guy grab a can of Coke and about a mile down the road, I watched him fling it. He was far enough away. I couldn't yell, but I watched the, I watched the wrist flip. I watched the can of Coke going into the ditch line and I tried chasing him down the single track. I just couldn't close the gap. Yeah. You know, cause that was a dick move. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you get to ride in this beautiful Arrowhead region of Minnesota, and you're just throwing your cans in the, yeah, yeah it's stupid. It's also, think about the wildlife that's out there. You got sugar all over these things. I don't know a creature out there that doesn't like sugar. Yeah. So you got coons, you got deer, you got meese, you got, you know, mountain lions, cougars for some of you. And, uh, you know, you got ducks, and what happens if they try you know, powering down one of these things? You know, yeah, you got wolves some some places. You know, yeah, um, that's not good for the wildlife. It's not good for the water sources. It's not good for anything. I mean, I no. grew up hunting, and the biggest thing any hunting class or any legitimate hunter will preach is conservation and stewardship of the land. Yep, it's very important. Yeah, you could you can hate on all those people and all their wah wah wahs, whatever your views are. They are more environmentally in tune than the environmentalists. Yeah. Now, I will stand by that. Ducks Unlimited, they protect wetlands. Pheasants Forevers, they lease hedgerows to keep hedgerows in. Yeah. And those hedgerows prevent prevent wind erosion. Right. So you don't have another Kansas Dust Bowl. Yeah. I mean, I can go on. And this is just so they can have the privilege to hunt. I really shouldn't even call it a privilege. It should be a right. Yeah. It really is a right. I mean, that's sustenance. I know people that have to hunt in order to put food in the freezer yeah. so they can get through the winter. Yeah. You know, and that's what you're doing to these people by doing that. You're you're impacting their food source. Yeah. Sorry. I guess people could tell my political leanings now. <laughs> my bad. <laughs> well, the the point is that, you know, we have no right to, to think we can just throw our crap on the road because it's going to be an inconvenience for us to stick it in our, you know, our leggings or put it in our back in our top tube bag or I'm get my high we, energy efficient washer gooey. Cause we might lose the wheel in front of us, you know? Yeah. So I mean, it's just, there's something wrong with that. So I, I proposed on my blog that I wrote, I said, well, either we're going to put the onus for this on the riders and start kicking people out of events for littering. And then that'll end it. How do you catch them? Well, you know, you have to have people in these places where you've noticed people littering before. Because, like, I know one event I was in, it was always going up a hill, you know. Yeah. And uh, that's when you saw all the stupid gel packets. And then going down a rough hill, and you saw all the water bottles. 
The water know? bottle things, I'm almost kind of be forgiveful on. Yeah, but of, still, you know. And you don't know where you dropped it. So you could have looked down and you're three yeah. miles back. Sometimes you do know that, yeah. though. But you know what I mean. Yeah. It's it's and so either we're going to tell the writers and start kicking them out. Or we're going to have to have race directors have cleanup days after their events, like Dirty Kansa used to do. And that will go over like a fart in church. Well, they had clean Kansa back then, and they used to not only pick up the the racers' garbage, yeah. they picked up any garbage they found. Yeah. Which, you know, the local ranchers thought was awesome. Yeah. They, they made a huge impact, positive impact with the people that lived there because of that. Yeah. I don't know that they still do that or I don't I mean, know if lifetimes carried that tradition on, but you know, it'd be pretty sad to think that they just leave that stuff out there. Yeah. I mean, you it's, know, there are TVs in the ditch lines. I get it. Yeah. And I know a racer did not put it there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not saying we are a hundred percent guilty, but we're there for a day. Yeah. You know, um, or maybe two days. And if you want to go back, don't give people a reason to grouse about you. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, this, this goes for people on group rides that aren't really, you know, an event. Or if you're just out there on an adventure with your buddies, that goes for you too. Yeah. You know, you need to clean up after yourself and not leave this crap floating around all of your tubes. You know, if you're flat, you know, I, that kind of thing. It's ridiculous. There's no reason for any of it. I think to me, there's a, it's a zero tolerance thing for that. I have zero tolerance for any of that because you know it's it's either we start taking care of the earth, or nobody else is going to do it, you know. Yeah. And it's and we when we ride out there partially because we like nature, partially because we're attracted to this open area. Well, then we need to take care of it. I think our album cover <laughs> for today should be Woodsy the Owl. <laughs> Give a hoot, don't pollute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably get a cease and desist if I used it, but yeah. <laughs> no, you're a taxpayer. You paid for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway. What are you going to say? What? I'm trying to make it so people are aware not to pollute and right. you want to sue me? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, I'm trying to help you yeah. on your mission? Well, this is the world we live in. So <laughs> don't get me started on another political rant. <laughs> All right, I think it's time to move on. So uh, once more, we want to mention our um, our sponsor, Core 4. We thank them for helping us out here. Uh, once again, I just want to remind you all that they're having a, an event here in August. Um, and they have a surface uh, all-surface challenge for you there. So they say no surface untouched. They mean it. They have gravel. They have pavement. They have single track. All the best dirt roads in Iowa here, and they don't stop at the four surface types. They have an ethos to get all bodies on bikes, and they have initiatives which support social economic justice, gender equality, and bike advocacy. And uh, so go early, you know, take your family. They've got all kinds of activities going on, I know. So um, they have Big Grove Brewery there. Yep. All kinds of fun stuff. Cider so, Mill, that's what I'm supposed to say. They cider have it have mill. a cider mill. Okay. Sorry. What about cider man? No, mill, not mail. <laughs> cider man. How cider dare man. you assume it's postal code? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So don't miss the no service untouched action in Iowa City on Saturday, August 19th. 
you have 150 and 25 mile options, you can follow along on Instagram at core4.bike. We'll put the uh, registration link in there in case you want to sign up. So thanks for Core 4 for doing that. For I can vouch for us. it. It's a good event. Yeah. That's a good yeah, event. Should be pretty cool. I would say if you're not single track friendly, you want to rock a 45 or wider tire. True. Yeah. Sugar Bottom Mountain Bike Trails yeah. are a bit rooty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're going to move on to gravel amplifiers. Did you have anything? Oh, crikeys. No, I'm sorry. I, I've, I've ranted enough. Yeah. Well, I've got one. So Gravel Amplifier is a segment of the podcast where we amplify gravel events that you probably will never hear of unless we talk about it. So Yay. we're patting ourselves in the back. Um, the event that we're going to lift up today is called the Hollow H-O-L-L-O Gravel Classic. It's going to be on August 12th, 2023. Starts at 9 a.m. and it's in Battle Lake, Michigan, or Michigan, Battle Lake, Minnesota. Sorry. Uh, they want you to send a sweet postcard to them. This postcard entry. This Going is like old cl- school. This is like old school grassroots here. How much is a postcard stamp? Uh, it used to be 13 cents, but I it's, imagine you just put a regular stamp on it nowadays. It's more than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, anyway, you can send them a postcard from now until August 1st to get in. They have a 75 rider limit. It's a 70 mile course. And they, the quote here that I have from the site is, the 70-mile route was designed specifically by, by locals to showcase some, some, but not all, of our favorite roads. I, I guess I don't have a gravel amplifier. I think I have a gravel race request. All right. If anyone wants me to put on another single-speed gravel race, reach out to me. Let me know. I just kind of don't want to do it and then... Mm. It would probably be early December. Roads yeah. would be cold, well worn in from all the agricultural traffic, and the weather will be a wild card. And I'm thinking yeah. it would be a 65 mile course, roughly. Yeah, metric. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, back to this. Um, this event reminds me of almost every single gravel event that was happening in 2006 7 8 8ish oh they're on penny farthings yeah <laughs> no oh you said you said 2000 so the postcard you know entry and yeah small field and you know the 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 whole motivation to have it was because they wanted to show off their roads which but is what what we used to want to do you know back then 75 people was all that was a big field. It was a hit. Yeah, it was a big deal. So anyway, the the uh, address for the Hollow Gravel Classic is www.hollogravelclassic, all one word, dot com. And I'll have that in the show notes. So there, there you go. go. Ha! Yeah. You owe me a Topo Chico. <laughs> you owe me a Topo Chico. <laughs> we ain't well, doing that Coke thing anymore. Yeah. So I met someone in this today that I, uh, I had coffee with, and they were say, they said, when are you going to do your next podcast? And I go, well, we're actually recording one today. And he really? said, he said, will it be out later that evening? <laughs> <laughs> so we have a rabid fan locally here. Yeah. Um, like I said, we've been getting good feedback. Um, maybe not for my... Uh, pro hunting rant today but hey, you know, it's, <laughs> yeah i'm just talking about the benefits of it yeah but uh you know hey, hey 
I, I yep. think I think our goal of being at every person's podcast and really kind of just watching and giggling the pointy end. Yeah. I think that strikes a good chord with people. Yeah. Well, you know, I appreciate what those guys do, but it's, you know, we the mainstream media consents are just focus on the yeah. 1% and forget everybody else. So and we're here for everybody else. We're here for the bottom 70%. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, but uh, it's like chatting with Duluth Dave. I asked him for his feedback. He said, don't change anything. He goes, your podcast is a hang for me. He goes, I'm yeah. listening to two guys I know well. Yeah. They're friend, my friends. Yeah. And it's me catching up. Yeah. And I'm kind of like, well, that doesn't give me anything good. You know? <laughs> I don't know what to change. What's wrong with me? Tell me what's wrong with me. Don't say everything because I'll agree with you. Yeah. So I get this. I get similar feedback from people who tend to like it. But you know, if you listen to this and you like it, like like some of the folks do, seem to like it. Uh, you know, tell your friends. Leave a rating. Leave a rating. Yeah. Give us one star. Right. Tell us. Tell uh, New York Roll what's wrong with them. <laughs> I saw a lot of counselors as a kid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So I guess that'll end this episode. We appreciate all of you out there listening all over the world. We see the, uh, the stats. So we know we are not just United States yep. based, but you know, there's people in Canada and people in the UK and people all over the place. So yeah. we appreciate we, you all. We got a good following in Squamish, British Columbia. We do. Yeah. That's a weird name, Squamish. Squamish? Yeah. Well, that's where Ross Mayhew lives. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, there you go. Shout out to Ross. Canada, Ross. All right. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening to the writing. Uh, writing gravel. I'm so stuck in that groove today. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the Guitar Ted podcast. I'll get it right one of these days. <laughs>